a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, if you've been listening to MANA these last 10 seasons, <clears throat> first of all, thank you very much. Uh, but secondly, there are at least two things that may ring a bell in this episode. Uh, but as familiar as they might be, I can assure you that neither will be redundant today. Uh, the first uh, thing that may ring about is a saying that I was told a few years ago that I've oft repeated on this show, which is that <clears throat> God's imagination is much better than our own. Uh, and I don't know if anybody famous said that, uh, but, uh, and while I didn't hear it from today's guest, today's guest embodies that sentiment uh, more than anybody I know. Uh, he has lived an enviably charmed and yet even more enviably humble life of helping others reach higher, search deeper uh, than they could ever imagine on their own, uh, both by inspiring them, but also by encouraging them to let go. Uh, not, not give up, uh, but give in to greater forces uh, and, 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 uh, that are beyond ourselves and greater virtues of things like service and love and energy and faith. Uh, he lives it out himself uh, as a very happily and recently celebrated 29-year anniversary husband, a devoted father to now grown kids who are as freakishly successful and virtuous as their parents. Um, uh, he's a son, great brother, uh, and by nature of a storied athletic and professional career, he has coached, mentored, and shaped the character of, uh, and I'm not exaggerating here, of thousands of youth across this country on basketball courts and in classrooms as a champion for character education, social emotional learning, all the things that make good human beings. Uh, and for me, uh, and for many others, uh, but for me, he is truly one of the most loving, loyal friends uh, who, while not geographically close uh, at all, <laughs> uh, he just always has a knack for being where you need him to be, uh, when you need him to be there, um, which leads to the second thing that might ring a bell for you in this episode, uh, which is himself. Uh, he's the only repeat guest we've had here on MANA for reasons that we'll explain here in a little bit. Please welcome today's Mana Man making his way all the way back from season two, Mr. Ryan Ford. Hey, Ryan. Well, Jeff, I mean, I'm looking around the room I'm in here wondering who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was really something. So uh, thank you if that's what you believe. But uh, I, I, I'm honored to be on your show, to be your friend, and really respect what you do with Mana. Well, I love you and I love you on the show. And I loved writing that intro just as much as I loved writing your first intro uh, a few years ago. And so the reason for folks that um, <clears throat> maybe haven't been listening 
uh, for the last 10 seasons, Ryan's episode from episode two was, was ironically, um, because it was one of the longest episodes that we had ever recorded. Uh, if you remember Ryan, we were in, um, we were at some sales meeting or something. Yeah. We were in a hotel room somewhere. Yeah. We were in a hotel room. Total makeshift. Yep. Makeshift little studio here. We would not be making any, any professional crew proud, uh, by the, (laughs) the setup and stupid me. Um, I had your microphone on uh, backwards. And so you were speaking into the wrong end of the microphone the entire episode. It was a 40 minute episode. It was the longest episode I had recorded to date. It was, it was wide ranging and inspiring and just emotional. And it was just the best because you're the best. And then when I went to, went to produce it, I was like, what the heck? Why is he so quiet? (laughs) And, And I realized that I had set up the microphone wrong. So anyway, we, we salvaged what we could, uh, for those that have listened to Ryan, who, who, uh, it was a very, very short episode, uh, because I could only piece together, uh, parts where he was, where he was defying, uh, the physics of, of my mistake. Yeah. That message must've really wanted to get out, whatever it is, it was on there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, fast forward a couple of years later, and obviously we've stayed, we've stayed in touch, but fast forward a couple of years Later, just a couple of days ago, as I'm putting the finishing touches on season 10 and, and we reconnected, uh, you reconnected with me, as I said in the intro, you have this canny, uncanny way of knowing exactly when people need to hear from you. And uh, you had reached out and it was just the Holy Spirit just knocking me over with a feather saying, you know what, if, what better time to, the, to, to, to do it right uh, to get our tech right. And, um, and because the other thing that has happened is, um, you know, we've had a couple of years under our belt and there's been a lot of change for both of us, mm. which I want to get into and, and yeah. kind of explore. But, but for those that, um, that didn't get a chance to hear, they literally didn't get a chance to hear it a couple of years ago. You know, you, um, you know, you have a, as I said in the intro, a wonderfully storied life um, that started at a young age with great family and great, you know, uh, upbringings. Uh, you know, you grew up, you, last time we spoke uh, on Mana, you talked about your, you know, Catholic upbringing. You talked about favorite saints that you had, uh, playing basketball at Providence, you know, and so, and, 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 and then since then your adult life has really been about this wonderful maturation of, <clears throat> of, of, of energy and self and, and connections how concepts and, and everything kind of connects together. So it's very, it was just, uh, it's just, it's a great story and because and, and, it's your story. So anyway, um, just catch us up a little bit uh, for, uh, give us maybe the elevator speech of, of the upbringing of Ryan. And then where I really want to go with it is, especially now with a couple more years, you know, under your belt, how do you feel like that little bit more conventional, traditional upbringing how does that factor in to your adult life now and these pretty deep, you know, concepts and, 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 and spaces that you find yourself pursuing, your, pursuing for you and also helping others kind of delve into? But what comes to mind for me, which is ironic, because I, I heard this from a Catholic priest sometime when I was in either high school or college, his name was Father... I think Robert Hunt or Michael Hunt. I think Robert Hunt. Yeah, Father Robert Hunt. And uh, he wrote this, he had this audio cassette that I, I just really loved what he talked about religion uh, and 
and he called uh, like our early stages of Catholicism is learning about the training wheels God. It was all about, you know, riding a bike. You, you don't just get on a bike and learn how to balance and take the corners. And, you know, you put training wheels on first and you, you, you get your foundation and your footing and you get your confidence and then you take the training wheels off. And I, I would say that that's the first thing I thought of when I look back to how I was raised. I was, I was part of a Catholic institution for the first 28 years of my life, you know, uh, you know and I grew up on the campus of St. Bonaventure University where my father worked. So I was immersed in a very Catholic uh, community and around priests all the time. Uh, those people that would know who, who uh, Thomas Merton is. Thomas Merton wrote many of his books in, in the hills behind uh, St. Bonaventure University is a famous cutout in the in the in the woods back there that's shaped in a heart and used to sit up there and they called it Merton's heart. Mm. So I was highly influenced by, by that. And I feel like that was my, my training wheels. You know, I just, uh, it was very safe. Uh, it's a lot of love in the community and my family wasn't perfect by any stretch. So I don't want to, you know, make anyone believe that, you know, it was, you know, without obstacles or adversity and challenges and all that, it was all, all that was present. But what I did learn in that environment that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, what your challenges are that, you know, with support and with, you know, the, the proper outlook and putting your faith in, in something greater than yourself that, you know, that's, that's kind of the way through it. And then as I got older and learned more and, you know, I think that, uh, I remember when we talked last time, I mean, I, if, if there's one thing that I feel like has driven the majority of my life is curiosity. Yeah. I, don't, I don't usually take what, what is presented as, as uh, you know, gospel, you know, uh, and, and it's, I just feel like there's always something behind whatever's happening and, and, and I just like to explore it. And I feel like I've learned a lot about myself and about life and mainly nature. And I think that the biggest thing for me is is that the, the rules of nature are really God's rules. Mm-hmm. And, and if you really get beyond all the things that all the institutions of, of that, that, that kind of govern, you know, our society, they've, they've tried to humanize what I think God has done from a spiritual standpoint and nature is, is, is the voice of God's spirit, in my opinion, you know, I mean, whether it's water, whether it's, you know, out in the woods, whether it's animals, you know, like, to me, that's, that's God's voice. And that's, that's the spirit that everyone, you know, lives in. It's just that, you know, as, as a human being, we, we tend to think so much and try and prove our, you know, what we know, or, or what we think, or, you know, want to, uh, be accomplished in some way that we, we sometimes lose sight of, of what the natural laws are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like that's, that's, what's come full circle to me. Uh, you know, it reminds me when I was, uh, when I was raised, we had a big mountain behind our house and, uh, used to be up there all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I fall in love with St. Francis and, you know, a lot of that stuff. And I just feel like the, you know, I've, I, you know, I'm 56 years old now. And, you know, I'd say, all through my competitive athletic experience, both playing and coaching, and then my competitive, you know, mindset with Jostens and, you know, 
trying to do sell as much as I can or, you know, whatever all that is, you, 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 you learn what it is to want something and go after it. But, uh, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm settling back into just wanting to be on that mountain yeah, right, <laughs> or be on right. the water or something, you know, so yeah. I feel like it's kind of gone full circle for me. Well, and, and yeah, and full circle and yet, you know, evoking Thomas Burton, you know, your own seven story mountain here, I feel like, and for as long as I've known you, you've, you've always been, <clears throat> you've always been super present, super dialed in, but you know, these last few years as, as again, we've, you know, we've kind of both, you know, taken more laps around the track and climbed, you know, maybe a couple more, you know, sort of whatever uh, elevations on that mountain. I feel like it's not only full circle for you, but it is elevated. You know, I feel like you've come to a place with your own sense and, and what you're really trying to do for others to really get them to also elevate, you know, kind of like take it up a notch. I mean, all the work that you've done, as I mentioned in the intro with, you know, you've coached, you've mentored, you've with your day job, you know, you're, 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 you're affecting youth at a very formative stage in their lives as they're, you know, becoming young adults and everything, which is all awesome. But do you ever feel like all of that work, all these last 50 plus years have really just sort of been building up? Yeah to kind of know this stage of your life where I feel like you're really encouraging people like me and others to really think, you know, whether you want to say it's deeper or higher, I mean, you're operating on a different plane now. Well, I think that for me, it's always, it's always about going the elevation that you're talking about, I think only happens by going inward. Like the deeper you go in, the higher you come out is, you know, I, I mean, like to me, that's what I've experienced. The more that I really try and feel what's in my heart, the greater my outward expression is. And, and I think it took me a long time to have the courage to do that, you know, because, you know, I think we're entrained in the world to look outside first for your acceptance and, uh, you know, trying to balance that, regulate that and, and grow enough of your own self-confidence to, to really just try and feel what's in you uh, and and then bring that out is, you know, it's really what life is, you know? So I, I, I feel fortunate that I had the upbringing that I had that gave me a sound foundation to kind of at least know what's in there uh, and then explore what's, you know, what the world had to offer. And now I'm kind of balancing the two. And it, it, it kind of reminds me, I, I don't know if you ever heard of a book that David Brooks wrote. Uh, he's a New York Times author. He wrote a book many years ago called uh, The The Road to Character. Yeah. And and it's basically, there's, there's, there's two kinds of characters that he says in the book. He says, you have your resume character, and then you have your eulogy character. And your resume character is, you know, building your status and, you know, all the things you do, what your job is, and, you know, all the things that accolades that you would say when oh he's successful well what makes him successful and there's his resume and then your eulogy character really just comes down to how do you treat people like what what is what is your spirit with people how you know how how do you how do you lend of yourself from one human to another and i think we all have those things and we have our resume and our eulogy character but there comes a point in time in everybody's life that you have to choose one or the other hmm. And I feel like as I've gotten older, uh, that's what's happened to me. 
you know, like I, I, I just know in my heart that choosing my eulogy character means more to me than my resume character. And so it gets more of my energy, it gets more of my attention, and it's allowed me to express more of what's inside of me better. Uh, now, I don't know that it makes me necessarily a better person. It just makes me a truer person to to who I feel like I am. Mm-hmm. And really, it just the, the benefit to me is that I just have deeper connections with people and the, the people that I love and the people that I've met, you know, I've met all kinds of new people with, with, with an energy, you know, in, in that direction. So yeah. I think that's kind of what maybe you're, you're, you're referencing uh, mm-hmm. is that I do, I do feel like uh, my life has slowed down some and, and a lot of that has to do with that perspective. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's funny you bring up David Brooks because I love that book and, and the sequel. Yes. You wrote the Second Mountain. Called The Second Mountain. Yes. Is, is, is all about kind of that, that second climb, That's which right. often comes at the result or in response to some kind of not necessarily tragic, but some kind of crisis, some kind yeah. of thing. And so that's actually what I wanted to kind of dig into a little bit. I would contend, would contend, Jeff, that, that that crisis that you're referencing is the point when he says you come to a crossroads where you have to choose between yeah. what matters more, what's in my heart and what, what, what is in my eulogy character or what is external and how people see you and what it would be your resume character. You got to choose what, like, where am I going to, you know, and once, and that comes at a crossroads. I mean, it, it can, you know, it's it's usually a, a series of challenges, but sometimes could be very significant. Yeah. And then once you make that choice, now yeah, the second mountain, it's uh, it's a different climb. Yeah. How 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 have challenges factored in for you? You know, we've over the last couple of years, we've both experienced our own different types of whether they're life changes or loss of friends. Um, and over the course of, again, 50 plus years, all of us have our fair share of struggles. But so when you look back on your life, where, how, how do you, where do you put those times of adversity and challenge in your kind of formula, you know, for arriving at this, you know, eulogy virtue kind of space? Yeah, I, I, I think there's, if I can, the easiest way I can say it is point to two things that come to mind immediately that that you you brought that up. You know, my early life had a lot of support around me, and like I said, I described the community I was raised in. In my senior year in high school, I was a very good basketball player on my team and in my community. You know how that uh, spreads out. I mean, I was basically offered a Division II scholarship, right? So you say I played at Providence, but I was just fortunate to be on that team as a walk-on. I mean, as a, at the end of the day, I was a Division II level basketball player, and I was had decided to go to a particular school. And in January of my senior year, I tore my anterior cruciate ligament, and all of a sudden the team said, "Hey, we're going to wait and see if your knee heals." I go to prep school, trying to kind of earn that scholarship back, and then I tore the knee even worse, and I was mm-hmm. out for like going to be another year. So I feel like my career is over. And quite honestly, my whole identity around my life was attached to my basketball image and success and aspirations. So I was a devastated person and I had to overcome that. And and for whatever reason, 
there was something in me the whole time that knew this might be one of the best things that happened to me. I, I, I didn't know it at the time. Believe me, I was a broken dude. Yeah. And uh, but there was I, I can look back with a feeling that I was being taken care of somehow. And that had that maybe had a lot to do with uh, the people that were around me and, and, and just kind of the way I was raised. But I kind of knew I was going to be OK. And and then sure enough, I I switched gears. I was even going to different college, and when all this happened, I just decided, you know, I'm going to Providence. That's really where I wanted to go. And so my freshman year, I was just a manager, rehabilitating my knee and just trying to like get get where I can play again because I love playing. And really, the next year, all of a sudden, I wind up as a walk on on the team. Obviously, very successful team, great you know experience there for three years uh, playing on the team, and then launched a career in coaching and then on to Justin's. But that journey. Of, of tearing my knee and overcoming this lost identity of, of self, like and I attached myself to, to something and it was gone in an instant. And it was a long road back to just be able to be an athlete again, like that really taught me something. And so it became kind of the foundation for, you know, it's kind of how I connected with, with Pam, my, my wife, and, you know, like that whole story, like it was, like I knew it was kind of like the way my life was supposed to go. So I became about that. I came about, you know, I was somebody that, that embraced that, the challenges and the things that you, that come into your life that, you know, I never, when that happened, that day that that happened, I was devastated, right? Mm -hmm. It just comes out of nowhere and swallows you up. And the next two years were just nothing but really emotional challenges for me. And, uh, you know, just a sidebar to that, like, you know, I do all this public speaking now, like, I went to this prep school to try and get re-recruited my knee tore again. I, w I was so like uh, a shell of myself. I was literally in an English class where we had to get up and, and read an essay we wrote in front of like 10 other people. And I literally hyperventilated just mm -hmm. standing like that. I, like, I, I really was, was, was a shaken person. Yeah. And so I think back to all those, those times to kind of where I am now. And it's, it's that something similar like that happened later in my life, you know, in the sense that, you know, and, and not, not that something got taken from me like that or whatever, but I, I just, I, I realized, especially as my kids got older and out the door and, you know, you, you know, some people life stage might not be able to uh, comprehend this just because I do think it's a life stage experience, but uh you know, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, now who are we now? You know, like, where are we going? What do you know, we, you know, we're both early fifties. We got three kids and they're now in their mid twenties and we have a whole new life. And I think that really makes you look back and say, especially when you raise kids, you know, I mean, this actually, I, I feel a lump in my throat just starting to talk about this. Like when you raise kids and, and you, you, you did your very best and you know, as a parent, there was always something better that you might've been able to do. And, you yeah. know, whether it's as a husband or with your kids or really just other people in your life that, you know, you just get so absorbed and you lose yourself in it. And then you find yourself over here and you readjust like, and then when you look back on it, it's, uh, it's, it can shake you, you know, and I don't mean in a bad way, believe me, I, we, we have, we, we, we have a blessed family and experience and all that, but like, it just helps you look at what your life is. We're like, it's, it's different now. And yeah. so I feel like those are the two things that, that probably come to mind that, 
that if I had to just piece them together, they're the, they're the essence of how I've gotten where I am. Yeah. Well, and that role of, for so many of us who are blessed <clears throat> to have spouses, um, you know, and, and so when you talk about Pam and being able to have that, that really that soulmate with you for so many of those years is so important. And, and, and for those that don't, or for those that find uh, that kind of support in just friends, other guys, you know, um, four guys, I guess, since this is manna, you know, I can say, Ryan, you have been uh, a source of support for me personally. Um, I'm, I've joked with you whenever I drive past a certain grocery store on my way home to my hometown, I always think of you because that was, I was at a particularly dark <laughs> moment and, yeah. and I literally pulled over uh, and called you and I, cause I was just moved. I was like, you know what? Ryan is going to get this. He will. I, yeah. And I just on a large, yeah, you were on your way to your parents' house. I believe. Yep. Or else yep. back. I, yeah. I remember, I remember random, where I was random sitting. Saturday morning and, and I just randomly uh, or maybe not randomly called and you picked up and we sat there in that park. I sat there in that parking lot for like an hour. And I'm telling you, uh, it was just, I'd like to say it was uh, a unique experience, but it's actually not for people that know you because you're there and you're, you are that for so many people. So who is that beyond Pam? Um, Cause that's a given who are like when you're, you know, such a force for others in, in that regard, like, where do you go? You know, who, who is that? person for you? I tell you, Jeff, I, I'm, I couldn't give you one person because I have so many, Yeah, you know, and I mean, I don't mean that in a, like, uh, like it's about the volume. I mean it like that. I, I have been like, my whole life has been about connections. I don't know why. I mean, I, I will tell you that when I was a younger kid, there were times when, uh, like I'd, I'd feel bad about, you know, uh, you know, not spending enough time with certain people or whatever. And I just, I just loved connections. You know, I just loved feeling connection with people, you know, and it, it, maybe it's an insecurity. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's really become a strength at this point in my life as I look back because I, I cherish people, you know, I've always, I, one of the things that I always told my, my kids, you know, when they'd, you know, when, when your kids are younger, they frequently have their clashes or they're this, or someone doesn't get me, or I don't get them. And they, they start spewing. They just, they throw up the whole experience. And I just learned over time that the first thing that I want to teach these kids is that there's not a single person in this world that doesn't want their life to matter. Hmm. And I just tell them when they, when all this stuff going on, there's something that's bothering them. So they, I just say like, do you think that that person really wants their life to matter to you? And they're like, well, yeah. And I said, well, don't you think that's what it's about? Like, don't you think they want their life to matter every bit as much as you want your life to matter right now? You know, I, you know, I don't know how it would come out. I, I don't want to try and re retell it. But like, to me, I, I just learned early on, there's every, we're all the same. We, we, we want to matter in this life and we want what we do to matter. We want, we want people to appreciate our lives as though we matter. And, and you know, it's, it's really the circle of life. And I, I've always felt that. And I feel like I... I, I feel more uplifting of myself when I'm connected with other people. And so, you know, I, I, if, if I had to give you a person or I had to tell, like, I mean, my, my, my brother is 15 months younger than me and we've been, you know, best friends from, from day one, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, there's, there's nobody that, that knows me better. Uh, 
nobody that's been there for me as long and in the way that he has. And, and, and so, I mean, he's, he's someone there's, there's nothing I can't really tell him uh, or talk about, you know? So, I mean, he would definitely be, be number one, but beyond that, I, you know, I have uh, various people. I, you know, I had, I had people that are much older than me. I had people that I, you know, much younger than me, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just find, I, I find a lot of comfort in learning other people's stories and discovering my own. And, and that's kind of where, where I feel like my, uh, my relationships are, are forged. Yeah. No, you, you do have, uh, you've got one of the deepest benches of, uh, of support. I mean, and like you say, it's multi-generational, it's multi-sector. I mean, between business and sports and community and, and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it is the mark of a, of a life lived very intentionally, uh, by you and, uh, very much espousing those, uh, whether you knew it at the time, uh, I think you've been building up these and living by your eulogy virtues longer than longer, longer than I think you think. <laughs> and that's my yeah. evidence. Maybe, by. All I know is that if I ever have a bad day, I'm going to just take the sound bites of you talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me built up pretty good, brother. Very, very true. All right. Well, speaking of sound bites, let's get to, uh, let's get to the fun segment of the show okay. now. And now some people might say, well, Hey, uh, you know, Ryan's already been put on the hot seat uh, for the fun segment questions. Uh, and, and technically you'd be right. But as, as time passes and as all of you have, have, have heard, uh, you know, we, we got a deep dude here. And so I'm guessing and it'll be fun to maybe go back and we can kind of spot check. Uh, the answers and see if any of them change. But let's ask let's ask our fun segment questions to uh, to to this version of Ryan Ford here a couple years later. So fun segment question number one, Ryan. I don't remember what they are. So well, here we go. Good. See, it's it's like it's new. I do I do remember the one because I know yep. what I do yep. with Jesus. I know. Well, that. and this one and this one is is very actually new because in since the time that I asked it the first time, you you and Pam have moved. So now when I ask you about Jesus knocking on your door tomorrow morning, he's knocking on a different door than That's he was true. two years ago. So now he's knocking on that beautiful uh, beach front door there down in South Carolina, and he just wants to hang out for the day. What now are you going to do with Jesus for the day? Mm. So that's good. That's good because, I mean— to me, it's all about water. You know, I think I said that and I, like, like I, I know for me, like what you, there is no life without water and there is no life without God. And, you know, so to me, uh, I would want to be, be on the water, in the water, around the water with Jesus. I mean, that's yeah. it's as simple as that. Now the question is, what would we do? I mean, I think I made probably some snarky comment about, you know, I'm sure Jesus would be walking on the water and I'd probably have to be on a paddleboard or something. But uh, I think I'd, I would want to just be in the water, just hanging. You know, I mean, I just all I picture when I, I just picture us uh, being uh, in a very peaceful state with him and just trying to listen, you know, just hoping that, he, you know, he'd, he'd have some kind of message for me or you know, encouragement, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure would 
be the case. So yeah, I mean, I, it's hard for me to get off that one. I'm trying to like, all right, what else, you know, but no, I think, I think it. It, well, I think it's the reason it's hard to get off it. It's just fundamentally it's, it's elemental, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's just so core. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially for me. I mean, cause if, if I've become, I've always been infatuated with water, but I've learned more about water in the last two to three years than I ever knew there was to know about water. Uh, and that could be an entire show by the way. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why I, it, it, I would want to be with him in water even more so now than when, when I first talked to you. Yeah. I love it. All right. Fun segment question number two, if you could go to church with any other guy living or dead, famous or not, mm. somebody from your bench or not from your bench, who would you be going to church with? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I know I, how I answered this now that you asked it, you know, uh, yeah, my, I, I would want to go to church with my dad. There's just, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm one of five children. Uh, my, my oldest brother is a, a Franciscan priest. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, we were raised in this Franciscan community at St. Bonaventure. And my dad was, was, was just really like a, a lay priest you know, and his relationships with them. And so I, I know how important church was to him. And, and I know how much the values of St. Francis were so much a part of the way he lived his life. And the, the one thing that I didn't know and, until he, you know, kind of was at the end of his life and then passed, I didn't know how to appreciate it. And, you know, to today, uh, you know, I mean, he he is on my mind and there are like you know it's funny like between my wife and i we we are constantly referencing my father Mm -hmm. even my wife you know like you know you know we we probably talk about big lair or lair (laughs) or something and but while while he was alive i didn't think about him nearly as much and really didn't even reach out to him as much uh you know, it's just really interesting. A lot of people have told me that's not uncommon. So, uh, so I, I did take some solace in that. So I don't feel as bad. But if I could go to church with anyone, I would just, I don't even sure I'd need to talk to them. I just want to be there with them. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, I think that's beautiful, actually. That's great. Yeah. Um, all right. Fun segment question number three. If you could give one piece of advice to a younger man about living a confident and a humble uh holy life of faith but you get a chance to talk to him as you've talked to like i said thousands of young men not necessarily about this but if you had if you could give one piece of advice in that regard what would it be you know it's i think it's the same for anybody It's, it's it's a little bit of what i said earlier here in terms of going inside you know like the one thing that makes us all unique is 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 that we have we have a soul that is that is our very own that you know you can't touch it you can't you know like put it in your hands and feel it you know the senses aren't aren't about it but the energy of it you know is 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 your unique you know what makes you who you are like it makes jeff peterson who he is you know i mean it's like and i think what happens is even more and more as you look around, we're, we're, we're taught to outsource everything. Our thoughts, you know, if you want to know something, there's always an expert to go to. 
you know, if you if you want to get people's attention, you do you do things outwardly, and and that's that's the whole maybe just to speak more to the uh, resume character type thing. Where and, and I think our society promotes that in such a significant way that especially at an early age and with the influx of social media, it's so easy to get sucked into look at me and, and and none of it's real really you know i mean it's 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 all pretentious you know not all but it just seems pretentious to me anyway and i just think the magic of life is learning how to how to insource instead of outsource you know like how do you go in how do you how do you slow things down enough outside and i think you it's more important today than ever to teach young people but certainly young men uh young boys, you know, that, that they have their own unique footprint in this world. And everyone talks about your digital footprint, you know, like, what about your soul footprint? (laughs) Like, what about, you know, what makes, you know, life move for you? What makes you feel alive and why? And, you know, to, to kind of reference what I said earlier about when I talked to my kids earlier about, you know, everyone wanting to matter, like trying to figure out what, what makes you want to matter. You know, what's, what's unique about that and, and the discovery of that. And I don't think there's nearly as much room today because of the noise and the pace of life that when you and I grew up, there wasn't that much noise and there wasn't the pace that exists today that people are trying to raise kids in. And, uh, I think that if I could help any young person in particular, it would be to try and help them discover you know, what's inside of them and how they can be in touch with it. And, and life is a journey of balancing, you know, what your external expression is with what you're feeling inside. That's, that's never going to change. And there's always different life stages that'll make you feel good and bad about where you, where your, where your baseline is. But, uh, you know, I think that's the magic of life right there. And, and to me, nature and, and, and God, and, you know, our, our, best role model and Jesus, you know, they, they did it the best, you know, and, uh, or he did it the best and nature, nature exemplifies it the best. I mean, you can't, I mean, there's laws in nature. You can't disturb them, you know, I mean, you can, they're just, but they're going to, they're going to win. Well, we need more voices like yours out there, Ryan Ford. And I want to thank you again for the, uh, for the, for the second bite at the apple, if you will. It's been so wonderful knowing you. I'm just so blessed to have you in my life as so many of our listeners are and, and those that are just meeting you for the first time. Um, I guarantee you they're all, they're all wanting to know how they can get on your, on your bench. So thanks again, Ryan, for everything. I appreciate your kind words uh, and, and love what you're doing. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.